1: Welcome to our latest 1871 podcast Friday episode with Johnny Hunt and me, Mark Roach. Um, And a heads up for you that our guest on tomorrow's episode is John Solarco. So that's available from 10 a.m. tomorrow. And before we chat to tonight's special guest, let's have a, a, a chat, Johnny, about tomorrow's final game of the season away to Luton. And, and what we really don't want is to end on three defeats in a row, do we? And uh, and it would be typical of Reading and Reading's season, wouldn't it, I think, if uh, they follow up two defeats with a win away to a, a side in the playoffs. Um, so, yeah. you know, we, we know it's not going to be easy tomorrow. Luton will be the favourites. Uh, but let's hope, um, here's what I'm hoping for, that Reading can achieve at least one of the following... Uh, A point, which we haven't got in the last two games. A clean sheet, um, we haven't got in the last two games. Four conceded in the last two games. And a goal would be nice. No goals in the last two games either. So, um, Johnny, just want to ask you who you would like to see in the starting lineup tomorrow. Is it a case of whoever's available?
2: (laughs) I I like your positivity, that's for sure. I I, I just think, like, you know, it's it's, an inflatable day, isn't it? The last away game of the season. So just go out and enjoy a loot, and be up for a game. You know they want us to put in a performance, end the season with a positive note, give the fans something to enjoy, and um, you know let's let's actually just go for it. You know the, the game, the the last home game wasn't really, you know, it's very tepid. Um, yeah, we all know what's going to happen in the summer, out of contract players, but let's just give the fans a positive note to finish on. Um, you know, if some goals, a bit of you know entertaining football. It may not win the game, but I think you know fans enjoy the game, that's the least we can ask, isn't
1: it? Yeah, and I, I get the impression, Johnny, that um, Paul Ince's mentality towards this, and the fans won't want to hear this, but I think this is probably the way he's talking. Of course, Paul Ince will want a win. You know, if he can't get a win, he'll want a draw. But it's almost as if, you know, Paul Ince has come in with one job to do, keep them safe, he's done that. And then the last two games of the season, it's almost like the start of... Preparations for the summer and next season, isn't it really. So we had Terrell Thomas came in. Um, so I think actually uh, I get the impression that Paul Ince is more interested in you know possibly trying a few things out, like we saw Terrell Thomas at, at right back. He he came in for his debut, um, and and just the the performance really. So um, you know we all we all want to finish. On a positive note, even if it's a draw, a draw away would be good. But like I say, you know, if we can get any of those three things, a point, a goal, or a clean sheet, that'd be that'd be a nice way to end the season. But look
2: well, um though, you know, Mark, is just that you know, the lack of young you know, there's opportunities there to play some younger players as well. You yeah. Know, and that doesn't seem to have happened, you know, even off the bench, you know, just to see what, what they've got to offer
1: yeah. um to the team, you know. <laughs> we- and we saw over Easter when it still inverted commas mattered, you know, and and those points are what got us safe. Um, that uh, you know Tom McIntyre was was the hero in both of those games over over Easter, win and a draw. You know, great great two results over Easter, um, and there was a little bit of hunger and desire, but it you know we haven't we don't seem to have had that in the last two games. So even though in reality, there's nothing at stake. Um, we do want to see, you know, something like we, we saw over Easter, really. That would be nice, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, just just go, you know, the positive performance. You may not get the result, but if you think you know, the players are going for it, you know, shots on target, you know, either something that the fans can enjoy the day for, just to end it off on a positive. What I was. Been the our anniversary
1: season from hell, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's a that's another point. You know, ending the anniversary season, you know, three defeats in a row. We we don't want that. But obviously, you know, Luton are um, going for promotion. So, well, let let's see. You know, um, good luck to to Reddin and um, Paul Ince and the players for for tomorrow. Let, let's uh, keep our fingers crossed. Um, I, I think after the last two games, though, a lot of Reddin fans are. You know, not holding up too much hope, are they? But there you go. Let's see what happens. So um, now it's time to introduce our special guest for this evening. Uh, he joined Reading in 1999 and went on to make 85 appearances for the Royals. So I'd like to welcome to the show John Mackey. Uh, welcome and, and great to have you with us, John. Cheers, Mark. Thanks for the intro. Lovely to, to talk to you. Yeah, great. Great to have you on. John, and uh, I think you were at Reading, I think I'm right in saying you were at Reading for the best part of five seasons altogether, weren't you? Is that is that right? Yeah, about four and yeah. a half seasons, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, and I was just sort of looking as I as I do um, to jog my memory on a few things and, and I think I'm right in saying because of injury in, in both cases, you didn't play in the 2001 playoff final or in the game that clinched promotion at Brentford the following season and both times yeah. for injuries and I think was it a broken ankle, was it, before the um, Brentford game?
3: Yeah the, yeah, the Brentford one was. I think I played, um, I come in with about 23 games to go that season. I think adV Fivash got injured, um, partnered Adi Williams, and then played all the way up until, I think we had Peterborough, the game before Brentford, and yeah, cracked, cracked a bone in the ankle. So, ended up missing, yeah, the, the day of, well, on the pitch at Brentford, but not not the day out Yeah, um, after the celebrations.
1: But of course, you did play and, um, uh, you know, a lot of Reading fans will remember this game. You did play in the League Cup game against Chelsea in 2003. Um, and you lined up against the likes of Hernan Crespo, Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbank, Frank Lampard, Joe Cole, Jesper Gronkjaer, John Terry, Marcel Desailly. Um, would they go down as probably the best players you've played against in your career? That sounded easy, that, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, without doubt.
3: Um, Yeah, just Crespo and um, Hasselbank up front was an experience. Um, The movement, especially from Crespo, was just something I've never experienced before. You thought he was there. You looked to where the ball was turned and he he was just he disappeared. It was just like really good. Um but yeah, I mean Marcus saved us it, it could have been a lot more, they had a lot more chances than a one-nil scoreline. But when you come out of it one nil, um it don't look too bad. But um yeah, Marcus did pull off some good saves that night.
1: Yeah, and, and even though that was a, a defeat, I mean, was that one of the highlights for you during your time at Reading? Yeah, definitely. It was obviously against the, you know, a, a top quality Premiership
3: team. Who, you know, going into the game, you didn't know whether they was going to make lots of changes. But you know, that you just reading them names off the, that was a strong, strong, strong Chelsea team. So um, yeah, definitely, definitely a highlight to play in in that game against the quality of players and you know, at home in a in a in sort of a packed stadium
1: yeah and, and missing those two um you know those two two games at the end of the season um both seasons the the playoff final defeat and then um you know the the game against brentford that clinched promotion the following yeah. season what are you you know as a as a player it's obviously bad enough being injured anyway and and, and frustrating especially if it's something like a broken ankle um in particular i, w- I would imagine but You know how? What are your emotions like when you, you know, you've got an injury? So that's frustrating enough. And then you're missing out on, you know, a playoff final, and then such a crucial game, last game of the season. What was that like for you? Um, The the first one, not too,
3: didn't feel it too much because I didn't play a lot in that first season, Um, and was really, you know, I obviously signed, I think the season before sort of from like non-league. So it was still with an injury, taking time to get getting used to full-time training. So the playoff one, not so much, but obviously playing the following season and that last 20 odd games to do it, you know, the game before, you know, to clinch promotion was obviously, yeah, it was, it was um gutting sort of thing. Um, but then, you know, the the main aim was just to get up, so we knew like AD Vivash was then fit. He come in, and it you know sometimes these things happen for a reason because it was AD who put on his left foot, put a lovely ball into QO scored. If you know if I was playing that day, would I have tried you know with the left foot? Probably not. So these things happen, um, but you know it was a, it was a great day being part of it, being part of
1: it, whether playing or or, or not and your um, your ankle i mean how long did that keep you out for how, how and, and obviously when you do come back from an injury like that sometimes you come back but it still takes you know a fair while to kind of fully yeah recover doesn't it how how long did yeah. that keep you for well,
3: it, it didn't help jumping on top of the bus when we got back to the Modeski um after winning at brentford so probably put it back a couple of weeks um yeah but i think Come in, I've come straight back in for, like didn't have probably an off season, just come in with the physios during like the off season and then Parky had his testimonial, um, if you remember it, at Modesky with um against an England eleven. And that was sort of in my head to get back to play some part of that just so it give me a you know, a basis to get into pre season when that started. So I think I played possibly half a game of that. So but it still wasn't right, but obviously the, the calibre of players playing that day, you just wanted to be a part of Parky's day and against some of the, the quality names
1: who, who were on show. Um, and, and you did make 85 appearances, um, but you, you did, you know, injury and other reasons. You did spend a fair amount of your time at Reading on the sidelines. and Yeah. Was, was that, you know, did, did that give you a sense of frustration or, or was it that you were just committed to working as hard as you could to try and get in the side and then when you did to, to stay in there? Was was that your mentality or what was that? Yeah, like?
3: yeah, absolutely. Because obviously coming from Sutton, who at the time were conference, so it was going into League Two was two jumps up, as in two leagues. Um, felt it really difficult at first to adjust to the full-time training where we only really trained on a, a Thursday night with Sutton, um, so that was obviously got getting used to. Then I did get injured straight away, which didn't help. Um, and yeah, like obviously there was, I made my debut in I think that season we got to the to the um, it would have been Cardiff then when it got to the, the final. I think um, Barry away we won two I Remember that well? That was um my debut. Um so obviously then in and out the team. I think the next game was like brought down to Earth. I think we lost four three to Oxford at home, which was a big crowd and obviously let three goals in not great for a defender. Oh sorry, four goals in not great for a defender. And then yeah just in and out the team obviously next season was frustrating, didn't start and then got called back in probably just after um, sort of January, February and I played a, you know, a good part of that season which was probably the highlight of my Reading career um, and then the season after start started as captain um, in the Championship but you know City sending off uh, Norwich at home to bookings, and then you're outside again um, and you've got to remember quality players were in my position Matty Upson had come in from from Arsenal on loan, We've done superb. You had AD Williams, A.D. Vivash, A.D. Whitbread then, um, Steve Brown had come in. Um,
1: so there was a lot of competition in in my position. Yeah, and it must have felt like the one of the reasons you couldn't get in was because you weren't called AD. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, Adrian's more, well <laughs> were at the time, yeah. So yeah. Johnny, do you wanna come in now? Yeah, you you never beat John Mackie. You never beat John
2: <laughs> Love it. You were saying about the the transition from going from non-league to or to league two, then the championship. As a player, like you said about the training, but actually on the pitch, how hard, or what is what is the biggest difference as a defender against the levels of strikers?
3: Yeah, like I said, like obviously Crespo is obviously a different scale, but the the movement of of the strikers is. The higher you go, the better it gets. The more you've got to stay concentrated for, you know, 96, 97 minutes. Um, and their finishing is obviously a lot better. So, uh, i mistake in League 2 probably might get away with it. League okay. 1, not so much. Championship, definitely not. Do you know what I mean? So, that was probably, you know, the sort of the the movement and, and the quality of finishing for, from the strikers. Obviously, you don't get away get away with it as much. Yeah. And what was Pardew like as the ma- as a manager for you to play on Um for me brilliant because he, he gave me my chance in, you know, he signed me from, from Sutton. like um, I don't know if many people know this, but he I first had a trial at Reading. Um, it was I think two seasons before I actually signed when Pardew was um reserve manager yeah. I think Mark McGear just got the, the sack um, I went in for a trial game at um, um, Elm Park and he, he was manager, I'd done really well that day and he's, he thought he was going to get the job but after the game he said that um, I'm not going to get the job um, but I you know, promise you I'll keep an eye on you, if I do get a job somewhere I'll come back for you and at the um, time you think yeah, all right, like you know, another another throb off sort of thing. And on the, the on going home driving home, it come on the radio that Tommy Burns had got the job, um, exactly that day. So I thought, well, he's not lying; he's not got the job, um, you know. And then I think Pards went, um, for whatever reason. And then once Tommy got sacked, I think John Madeski brought Pards back in. And then true to his words, I got the call and said that. Um, you know, you're back in as, as such. And that's when I come back and sign. So for me, he was, yeah, he was um, brilliant. He gave me my chance. Um, obviously, I wanted to play more under him, but, you know, it wasn't the case. But um, yeah, he, he done, I can't speak highly enough of him.
2: When you made your debut, as any fan player, to make your debut must be amazing. What is that,
3: you know, can you still remember the day when you played... First game for us. The, the, I think the league debut was um yeah, very away. Um, we won 2-0, so obviously a clean sheet, like you're buzzing. Um I think Cure and a the score, scored as usual in that in that sort of that time. Um, but yeah, after the game, all I, all I do remember is just Martin Allen just like shaking me, going like, well bloody done. He used to call me <laughs> fruit and veg. Because I've done fruit and veg before, he's just shaking me so like yeah. That that is a a memory that that, that does stick with me from, from my debut, yeah. And and a, obviously a long, yeah.
1: long coach journey coming back from a um, yeah
3: yeah. And,
1: and and John, um, you mentioned Martin Allen. He, he's been a guest, and you know, a couple of other uh, other guests have have talked about what it was like to work with him. You know, what was that like from your perspective? Because you. You come up from from non league into that environment, and then Martin, yeah. Martin Allen came in, and it was it was a you know a, a fair old transformation, wasn't it? Because actually, when when we had him on the show, he said that um, John Miedzycki had asked to see him, so he went to see John Miedzycki, and um, and he said to John Modesky, because the Redding were were struggling at that time. He said to John Modayski, "You haven't put a um, promotion bonus in my contract." And John Modayski laughed, and he said, yeah, "No, I'm deadly serious." And then it, um, and it was a bit of a transformation, and it was kind of down to Martin Allen, wasn't it? So what what, what happened? You know, what, did he did he sort of come in and just completely shake things up, or what was that like from your perspective? Yeah, I think I think so. So when so when I signed, obviously, Pards was manager, and he had
3: John, John Gorman as his assistant.
0: Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation; this is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean, Ships Registry Bahamas.
3: Um, but I think he always knew it wasn't go, going to be looked for long with John because um, Glenn Oddle was always going to get another job, and he was always his number two as such. So I can't remember if Glenn got the Southampton job or, or whatever. But then obviously Pard's needed an assistant, and that's when. Martin coming, so he was just totally different from Johnny Johnny G, and I think at the time is it is it, what the club was needed. I think that um, they had obviously took, like a lot of the players still there were Tommy Barnes' signings on you know long contracts. Um, parts obviously didn't really fancy a lot of them. He wanted his own signings in, and I think that Martin coming in sort of um, putting his stamp on training um, and if they'd never done it right you know they was just showing the door basically yeah go and train go and train over there with the kids basically so he um, was what was needed at the time um, yeah a good character um, I really enjoyed working with him
1: yeah. Uh, and tell us a couple of the, the sort of stories about Martin that you remember because you know, we've we've heard we've heard a few of them already. So there was the um, there, there was a, an away game as a long away trip, and he he actually got everyone to he got the the coach driver to stop, and everyone went to the pub and uh, yeah, for a couple of hours and dancing on the tables and all sorts of things. What what are some of the stories about Martin that that um, surprised you? The two the two that I always talk about is I don't know they
3: might have already been told, but the um, we played Notts County away, lost, I think it was 2-0. Um, and then, as we, like, obviously, coming back on the coach journey, everyone's in tomorrow. Okay, like, we've lost, you know, like, Sunday morning, you, you expect it when you lose. Um, So, we got to the was obviously, in the change room, just about to get changed in our training kit. He went, don't bother, um, just leave you, you know, leave your sort of your casuals on whatever you've come in. And we're all thinking, like, you know, what's going on here? So he went, come on, follow me. So we sort of um, followed him out, out to the pit, up the stairs, up the pitch. He took us all the way round the sort of the main stand up into the seats and we all had to sit, like, you know, sit in the seats and everyone's like looking at each other going, like, what's going on here? So he's going, this is the f-. so he goes, you're watching yourselves now. Pretend there's a game on the pitch. It's the first half. And we're we'll thinking going, like, this, this ain't right. And um, so one by one he told us to get up and shout something like positive about ourselves. So like obviously Sunday morning's derelict in the Modeski, there's no one on the pitch, it's just, you know, 18 or whatever of us. Um so like one by one, like if I got up, I went, good Edda Mackey or something and I don't know, Parky. would go, good tackle, Parky. it was like, yeah. So everyone done it. He went, Brilliant, great. Um, half time now. Come on. So we got up, went to the like concourse, like obviously it's all closed. Um, like line up, get yourself a burger. Like, like you looking at it again, like since you stand in the queue, you get to like the burger thing that's got shut down. You are asking for a burger, like um, add your burger. Went back out for the second half, and in the second half you had to say something like not so positive about yourself, if it's if you was a fan watching you. So it was like your shit mackie or whatever. And then when down. Game was over, or the imaginary game was over. Went down. Went back in the change room, and that was it. See you later. See you Monday. Still don't know what. Before, but I can't remember if we won the next games. If we did, it must have worked.
1: <laughs> and what um what impact did he have on the the players? Were, were the players a, a little bit scared of him, or you know what what impact did he have?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think I think if he, I think he was there to get rid of some players. Like you know, to be honest, that you know there was probably players there who, um, like I said Paz didn't want now. Um, so he was probably there to upset a few, and the ones who took to him and you know sort of knuckled down, they were fine. he was fine sort of thing. But you know, you know, without naming names, there was a few there that probably didn't really want to be there when Tommy, like Tommy Burns, had left. So um, he was, yeah, probably there to do his job to get rid of, rid of players. And you know, like like I say, he never fell in line with him. He made your life like quite difficult. So, um, but on the training pitch, I, I, like there's still some stuff like I do now as a manager and as a coach. Like some of his, you know, his drills and you know his sessions. You know, i I still I still remember and still put on to this day. So he, he was he was like for all the madness that he brought. He was a very good coach, um,
1: yeah. which was
3: obviously the main thing.
1: And Johnny, um, come come in after this. But I just yeah. one one more question about um, Martin and and Alan, really for you, John. Is when when he left? I, I remember when he left because I um, I was at the press conference, He called it, he called a press conference and he talked about everything that he'd achieved in his time at Reading when it came to an end. And he was very, you know, we asked him about it, and he was very diplomatic. But um, you know, when when that. Uh, when that time came for him to leave, what was the sort of atmosphere like with, with the players around that time? Um, to be honest, I think he
3: probably like, served his time um, as he'd done what he had to do. Um, you know, it was obviously a hold lot better than when he first turned up. Um, but he probably needed a new... New voice, new direction. Um, probably players got a little bit sort of bored of his antics or whatever, so um, yeah, new voice was what was needed. And he bought um, parts brought in um, Kevin Dillon, so um, yeah, so at the time, it was obviously personally, I don't like change, so him going was like who's coming in are they going to I know I've got on quite well with him but um, you know obviously some boys are happy if they're not in the team and he didn't like them so it's sort of sort of horses for courses that some some will like it some some won't yeah Johnny do you
1: want to come back in
2: yeah when when you coming into a a team like Reading John from non-league how difficult is it to fit into the changing room kind of culture, and like, cause especially there must there's some strong characters at Reading at the time, like Parky wasn't there, and different. ones. Yeah. How do you, how do you kind of get, get over that or get into that group?
3: Yeah, it was tough because there was a massive squad as well. Um, you know, there was obviously a load of players that obviously that were part of taking over, and I think like Tommy Burns had got a lot from up Scotland, so. Um, there was a lot of, there was a, there was a big squad. I mean, there must've been, I would say 25 to 28 in a squad. That's without the, probably the, the young ones, the young pros sort of thing. So, but you did have, you had a lot of main characters, big characters there. You sort of had Parky, Barry Hunter, Darren, C- Darren Kasky, um, then like he brought in Phil Whitehead, Jamie and Mike Butler. So there was big names, big characters. Um so it was it was diff it was really difficult for me at first because I got injured so quick. And so I no one knew what I could do. So it was like from looking from their point of view, who's this kid's coming from, you know, non-league part assigned signed. Um like no one's seen him play. He's injured, and then I was out for quite a long time. Um, So there was always that in the back of my mind, like no one even knows what I can do, sort of thing. So it was, yeah, it was tough because like I say if I come in and you, you know if you come in and you, you play straight away and and you do well, then people take you a little bit easy, like quicker and easier. But obviously, not playing and just being in the treatment room, um, yeah, it was tough. And how and does that
2: impact on your mental health, John? Sorry, oh, just because i talked to a couple of other players that have had injuries and how it affects them mentally. How did you find it for yourself, being, not being able to
3: play? And- yeah, it, it, it's tough. Um, I think at the time, I think um, I spent a lot of time with Chris Kaspar. because he'd done like, his nasty leg break. Um, I think it was at Cardiff he'd done that against yeah. Um, so he he was obviously, and I don't think he ever really come back from it. Um, so I spent a lot of time with him. I think um, Park he was injured at the time. Um, I think maybe Stuart Gray and Jim McIntyre. So there was a there was four or five who had sort of like, long injuries like myself. So we were sort of, you know, I think Nicky Forster had done his um, crew shirt. So there yeah, there was a core of us like going to. Sonning, training and going on the bikes and, you know, getting sent miles away through the countryside and up the hills and back again. And um it, it was tough, but I had two years of my contract. So I always thought that I'd get some, some chance. And that, that was always, that was always the aim. I mean, because I'd been non-league, it was always something that I didn't want to go back to. And it was just a, a pure focus of, of, of trying to be a, you know, a professional footballer,
1: and you were you were at Reading for for a fair old time, four and a half years or, or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, what what? Do, looking back now, what were sort of some of your favourite memories? Do you think some of the highlights? Um,
3: well, the, the main one is the, is the promotion. Um, definitely, you know, you know, sort of that. I think that that's. The, when I come into the team, I think we only, for that last 23, we only lost one. Um, and that was Brighton away. Um, I think it was 3-2 or 3-1 at the with Dean. Um, so, like, I felt that I had a good impact in that season for the amount of games I played. Um, so, that was a, a massive highlight. And just, you know, it, you know, when you look back on it, like, sort of 20 years now. When you look back at it, you still sort of you know, in contact with some of the boys, um, you know, obviously friendship you
1: get out of uh, football. So that's, that's a highlight as well. And and just uh, finally, John, I just want to ask you, obviously, you know, every, every team, every squad has its, as its characters. And Dylan talks about it a lot. Um, yeah. When, when he's on. Um, and obviously if you're getting, if you're getting on well, and you're playing well, then you get, you know, you get like friendly banter, but you're taking the Mickey out of each other. Which yeah which were the players that that got the brunt of that? The brunt of it or who gave yeah. it? Well both. <laughs> um well
3: Ricky Newman was always you know always up giving it and didn't mind taking it. Um but we had that I mean sort of that Promotion year and the next year in the championship, I mean, there was like some fantastic, like Husey, he was like mad as a box of fogs. Um, obviously, Ricky, Kevin Watson was great banter, AD Williams, Mertz, um, Johnny Solarco, Tony Root, like you can name Kewitt and Butler, Phil Whitehead, all of them, they're just, they was all, um, I've probably missed someone out and they're going to get the hump with me, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, a great, a great squad, a great group of you know players to be, to, to call your teammates at and sort of mates, sort of after that sort of thing. So yeah. yeah,
1: it was um, it was a great, it was a great squad. And and, and looking back on um, the time that you were at Reading, uh, I, I would say, and Johnny, I don't know if you agree, but. I would say a lot of the, the fans would look back on that when when Alan was there, Alan Pardew, Martin Allen came in. That was kind of the, the start, and obviously the players that were there as well, AD Williams, Phil Parkinson, all those all those uh, group of players that were there, some really good players that that you've mentioned as well. Um, a, a lot of the fans, m- myself included, kind of feel that that was the start. That was a springboard to what was to come next. And then obviously Steve Koppel comes in, you have a one oh six season. Did yeah. You, just just finally, did you get a sense that Reading were at the start of something during your time at, at Reading?
3: Yeah, I think so. Because even, I think that first year in the championship we went into, we lost to uh, Wolves in the, in the semi-finals, um, yeah, I think 2-1 up there and 1-0 at home, whatever it was. Um, so that was to go from League 1 into the Championship and to get in the playoffs straight away was obviously massive, like, you know, like, but then obviously Pards left next season, I think. Um, so you're obviously wondering what's what's going to happen um, and then obviously Steve Copple will come in and, yeah, I think I, I mean, I played a few games for Steve, but Obviously, I wasn't what he wanted, and that, that was fine. But you knew that from where Pards had
1: left them, yeah, it was probably only going in, in one direction. Yeah, and, and Johnny, do you want to come in with one last question?
2: Yeah, I just just your thoughts now, John,
3: very quickly, on what you think of Reading at the minute. As you see if the state we're in, what do you yeah, think Yeah, I of mean, to be honest, I've not... Um, Sort of the watch too many of the games. Obviously, I'm involved in football myself, which obviously you don't watch too many games. But I always look out for the results, and yeah, when you see them, you know, at one point you think you think they're going to go sort of thing on the the run sort of dayad, and you think it's, it's, you just need a a lucky break, uh, you know, just to get a draw to stop the rot as such. And um, but yeah, I mean, they shouldn't be. You know, I don't know the ins and outs of what what sort of has happened behind the scenes, but they shouldn't be at the bottom there. No, no chance whatsoever. No, but um, yeah, re, rebuilding over the summer, I suppose, and hopefully they they can push the, push
1: themselves up. Yeah. Well, final final game tomorrow. Um, oh, sorry, Johnny. Did you want to say something else? No, 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 no. I was just ask about how you enjoying being the manager yourself.
3: Yeah, no, loving it. Um first season this season as joint manager um uh, with Terry Spillane like we're in uh, Snow in step 5 and uh, yeah and won the league so um another promotion. Um,
1: but yeah, no it was um it was a good season. Yeah. Um, and, and just just finally to finish off talking about management. Um obviously you you've talked about Alan Pardew, you've talked about Martin Allen. Um what is it do you think and, and obviously you, you kind of this is going to help you as well as, as a manager. What, what do you think makes a good manager? Is it, is it different for different players or are there certain kind of common factors? Because we've got this situation um, with Paul Ince. obviously he's come in and, and, and kept reading up. But what, what do managers sorry, what do players respond to really well? with with managers i think the manager has
3: got to be an excellent man management as in not everyone enjoys rollickings, not everyone enjoys praise um you, you've got a you know you've got to suss out your players pretty sharpish knowing what who who wants needs what sort of thing um but yeah, I think man management, obviously you can talk about tactics and you know, systems and whatever else. But if you haven't got a manager who um, makes you feel wanted, makes you feel you're a part of the team, um, then I think you're sort of just hitting your head against a, a brick wall. Um, but yeah, if you, if you respect the manager, and I think a lot of the time, as long as you're honest with the player, um, which, you know, like couple with me, you know, I didn't agree with it. He he said that, you know, I can't see you being part of, you know, my sort of starting eleven, you know, sort of thing. You're welcome to, you know, fight your way in. But that was honest then. I respect that. Um it was my you know, in the end it was like I asked the question, Am I going to get another contract? It was like, No, it's like, well, can I go and get sorted? So, um, as long as you're honest with the players, um, I don't think you, you know they can. There's much room for sort of an argument or um, getting the ump as such. Obviously, you're not happy when you're left out or not. But yeah, man, man management. Of, even at the low level of non-league, if, if you can man manage yeah. players, um, at the end of the day, they're all, all human beings. So it doesn't matter what level of football you're at. If you can, yeah, get a good understanding of your players and what they what
1: makes them tick then yeah I think you're on onto a winner and, and and I guess you've taken little bits from, from different managers so w- would you say you're a a, a bit more of a, a a couple a Pardew or a Martin Allen Um a little bit of both all of them rolled into one Um
3: and like Martin Ningo I had a um, Leighton Orient sort of thing Um yeah but I do I have taken little bits from everyone. Um, yeah, I couldn't be Martin Allen on the sideline in non-league. I think I wouldn't be on the side for <laughs> too many games. There's be been, been a few of those
1: um, in non-league as, but, as well. But so. some
3: of the but some, yeah, some of the sessions I still remember them from now. Still, sort of, you know, even at the time wrote them down and sort of even in your memory, you still sort of remember some of the sessions and. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, I still still do some of Martins and, and parts, um, and and even sort of things outside of football, um, yeah. not 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 on the pitch, not on the training. Sort of some of the things parts done, as in um, like goal setting and targets. I've taken that into sort of my management as well. So yeah, all, all little things.
1: All right. Well, thank you to John. And a quick reminder for for the listeners that our guest on tomorrow's episode is John Solarco, and that's available from 10 a.m. tomorrow. So um, just finally, John, great to have you on as a guest. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you so much. Been good.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.